Georgia, 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 Georgia. From the stretch, the 0-1 swung on and hit in the air. Coming in is the right fielder, Eric Peterson, and the Milton Eagles have won the state championship. Two to one, Milton deals their region five. Roswell Hornets a crushing blow to win the state title for the first time since 2004, and they dogpile on the mound. On the ground, Finical flips the list. Heck wins the ACC title. 6-4 force play, and they are swarming Andy Mitchell. Georgia Tech has gone 5-0 and, and sweeps the ACC title. Swing, high fly ball, built to right center, and the Braves have won. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of the Pennant Pod, the official podcast of PeachtreePennant.com. Josh Tanner is my name. Great to have you with us as we prepare for opening day 2018. That's right. Opening day is this week, this Thursday, against the Philadelphia Phillies. Braves squaring off at SunTrust Park this Thursday, March 29th at 4.05 p.m. Now, typically we cover more uh, high school and college action from across the state of Georgia in uh, these podcasts as well. But today will be a mainly an exclusive Braves preview podcast, and we have the perfect guest to help us preview the 2018 season, none other than Gabe Burns, a uh, reporter, Braves reporter, and backup beat writer with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He has just gotten back from Orlando, where he's been covering a lot of spring training action. He'll be here to Talk us through spring training 2018 and what to expect as we move into the regular season. Before we get into before we get into it with Gabe, would like to remind you all to make sure you check us out at PeachtreePennant.com. Some great preview pieces up on the site, uh, such as the latest piece from Rob Grubbs, uh, which previews the uh, Braves 2018 season in depth. A position by position preview, revealing the strengths and weaknesses at each position through the roster or the projected roster. Um, so make sure you check that out at peachtreepennant.com. We also have a projection piece up where some of our contributors have um, have posted their projected record for the Braves and standings as they get into the uh, upcoming season, where they think the Braves will be as we end the 2018 campaign. Uh, it is the season of optimism, of course, brand new season dawning. You want to be as optimistic as possible about your team, so I might have caught a little bit of that optimism in my in my pick pegged the Braves at 82 and 80, which I believe is probably, probably sort of best case scenario uh, for the team heading into the season. A lot of question marks surrounding the 2018 team, but I've, I've liked what I've seen from a lot of uh, pitchers, a lot of young guys in spring training. I think it's a possibility. Um, and I think the Braves have a chance to finish above 500 for the first time since um, 2013, believe it or not. Want to avoid that fifth straight uh, sub 500 season. Also trying to avoid a fourth straight 90 loss season, which I, I don't think is going to happen. I think we're going to finish better than we did last year. But you can check out all the predictions there. One of our contributors, Stephen, who joined us on the podcast last week, Stephen Teal, even has the Braves flirting with a playoff opportunity in that projection piece. Make sure you check that out over at peachtreepennant.com. And also make sure you let us know your projections as well, your predictions for the upcoming 2018 season at PeachTreePennant.com and over on Twitter. 
you can tweet us at Peach Pennant. Well, we're going to be talking with this guy about his predictions for the upcoming year, about what he thinks is in store for the 2018 team and what has stood out to him at spring training this year. He's back from Orlando, spent a few weeks down there covering the team back in Atlanta, preparing to cover uh, the Yankees exhibition game, the Futures game, and of course the first homestand of the year. He is Gabe Burns, the Braves reporter and backup beat writer with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and he joins us now. How's it going, Gabe? It's going pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you. Of course, opening day, just a couple days away. It's been a long offseason uh, for Braves fans, of course, starting out with all the drama uh, early on. First day of the offseason, as a matter of fact. So ready to get all that behind us and uh, get back to the basics. Yeah, it's definitely been an offseason I didn't expect. Uh, first offseason doing this, so I'm assuming there's probably not going to be another one that crazy, but who knows. <laughs> So you are, uh, you're back in Atlanta, but you spent some time down in spring training, quite a bit of time down in mm-hmm. spring training. Yeah, a couple weeks all, all together. All right, cool stuff. So, of course, the big news this week, the whole Acuna situation, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, when do you think we see Acuna back in the bigs? Um, they, they, made, they made the right call. I mean, I understand why, excuse me, I understand why people are upset about it. Like, I've, I've written that. It, it makes, if I was a fan, I mean, I would, and my team had been, you know, winning 70-ish games for several seasons now. I'd be kind of ticked about it, too. But in the end, it's like 12 to 15 games. Uh, They can call them up on the 14th. Uh, They have their second home series of the year on the 16th. again, And it opens against, I think it's Phillies and Mets. (laughs) So uh, it kind of depends on what they want to do. He can either debut at Wrigley. Uh, get a couple of at-bats in there and then come to Atlanta, or they can have him debut in front of the fans. Personally, I'd probably call him up on the road just to kind of get that out of the way. It's not like that's going to hurt their ticket sales or anything. Yeah. Him to, you know, so I, I think that – but, again, like, with him, it's almost like pressure's non-existent, it feels exactly. like. And that's crazy to say about a 20-year-old who hasn't debuted in the majors yet, but – I think I think the hype's real, and as far as handling pressure, it doesn't really matter where he opens. I don't think that's going to get to him. But just to be on the cautious side, I'd, I'd probably just go ahead and call him up, let him get a couple of bats, a couple of bats in at Chicago, then come home. There'll be lots of fanfare for him, and he'll have already gotten the most nerve-wracking part out of the way. And that's something we talked about in the last podcast was that I mean we were talking about where to put him on the opening or on the lineup when he debuts. Talking about starting in eighth, which is probably where I'll be down toward the bottom of the lineup. But really, just in my book, keep challenging him. He really hasn't faced a challenge that he has not easily overcome to this point. Which is a good thing, but it could also be a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Because even Mike Trout has slumps. You know, Mike yeah. got sent down. I think he played 12 games, and he <clears throat> he hit like 160 or something and got sent down. Uh, so he's going to have his slumps, and I think that's going to be the most interesting interesting aspect of this is how he handles that because to this point we haven't really seen it because a couple of seasons ago he was injured, and so that kind of cut into everything when he was in Rome. And last year, I mean, he just – he easily could have come up and been one of the better players on the team last September. I mean, there, there's no question. Like right now, I think you could argue he would be the maybe third best hitter in the lineup right now. Yeah. So – um, I mean, as far as where you bat him, you, you'll work him in slowly, but uh, he's going to end up a three or four hitter. And I know Dave O'Brien, um, our beat writer, he was he kind of threw it out there that maybe you have you have uh, Freeman hitting cleanup and Acuna hitting third, and that could happen as early as this year. I mean, you 
it's it's hard to say, but I feel like he's he's going to be a really important part to this team's success. I don't think anyone's expecting a wild card contender, but he could really be the difference in them hitting 80 wins or so, which is actually a pretty big deal when you're looking at next winter trying to appeal to free agents and whatnot. Absolutely. He seemed to seemed to handle the demotion pretty well, at least according to um, GM Alex Anthopoulos. Um, but, of course, there's a case being made by folks like Brandon McCarthy online who's saying, well, you don't want to upset him and then hurt your chances to sign him in the future. But <coughs> I, I, don't, I don't really see that happening with Acuna. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's hard to say. You would have to you have to have inside knowledge of it. You would have to know yeah. Acuna. You would have to know whoever's representing him. You'd have to know what what they're looking at as far as is he going to sign the Evan Longoria hundred million dollar deal, and I, I, I maybe the Braves would give him that before the end of the season and be happy about it. But if he comes up and he's performing well, there's no reason for him to take a hundred million dollar extension at this point. Yeah. He would need more. He would need a record setting deal. So. I mean, that's really hard to say how it's going to affect the relationship moving forward. But instead of being mad at the Braves, I would be mad at the stupid rule yep. that that require that you, know, that you can pretty much manipulate for two weeks. I think that's pretty ridiculous. And I would imagine between this, Chris Bryant, and the other instances, those are, these are the two that we talk most about now, obviously. But I'd imagine that's going to be addressed in the new CBA because it's it's a pretty ridiculous rule and. Acuna belongs on the team now. I mean, I think everyone everyone knows that. Everyone's aware of that. So, but you can't give up a year. And I get what McCarthy's saying. You can't assume the team is going to be a contender in six years. But at the same time, you can't. You know they're not going to be a contender this year. So yeah. you can't just take these twelve to fifteen games and say we need Acuna. What if what if he struggles? and he doesn't even help you, and then you feel stupid, you're going to be criticized for calling him up and losing a year of his prime. Yep. It's If they were contenders like what happened with Hayward, it makes sense. But right now, there's just no reason to lose a year of Acuna as, what, a 26-year-old just so you can get 12 to 15 games in when at best you're hitting 81, 82 wins. Yeah, and, and you got to give him credit. I mean, he, he pretty much earned that spot. He did everything he could to earn that spot. But uh, the business side ends, wins out in the end, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, I tweeted it out that I had a reporter in the press box who was saying he might be a top 100 player today. And I kind of laughed it off. And then I started reading, like, the top 100 lists and everything. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you could you could definitely make a case that when Acuna comes up, he could be a better player than Jay Bruce all around, sure. like a, a better contributor. And I'm like, okay, well, we've got a real real discussion here. Like, that's just – pretty crazy to think about for a 20 year old for sure well let's let's change gears here just a little bit talk about the opening day lineup right now which without Ronald Acuna and without Johan Camargo who's headed to the DL and without um Luis Gohara who's who, who won't be available for looks like a few weeks mm-hmm. but talking specifically about the lineup that's a pretty power stricken lineup that's going to rely a lot on pitching for sure yeah which isn't which isn't really what you want because you've got You've got some uncertainties in the rotation. You don't really have anyone you can rely on per se. Mm-hmm. Because even Brandon McCarthy, who I think will, I think he'll be great when he's healthy. But you can't rely on him to stay healthy. Fulty's pretty inconsistent, as everyone knows. So maybe this is the year he breaks through. But you can't rely, you can't bank on that right now. And the same thing for Julio. You know, what if what if the home struggles are an act? What if that's an actual thing? You just can't pitch in SunTrust Park. He did get better toward the end of last year, so maybe he took some steps toward rectifying that, but 
Yeah, you're not this this group is if Tyler Flowers is going to be hitting cleanup for you, you're probably not in an ideal spot power wise. Yeah. Um, it's going to put a lot of burden on Freddie Freeman. Uh, I think Ozzy Ozzy's got more pop than he's given credit for. Um, you can just see it in his swing. Like the he just has natural power that you just wouldn't expect out of. He's listed five nine one sixty, but he doesn't weigh that much and he's yeah. not that tall. But um, so his gap power is going to be valuable. I think Camargo he's he's a lot stronger. So I think if he's if he adds a few more home runs, that would be great. But yeah, I mean you're you're looking at a group that is not not going to outslug anybody. And I think especially with the way the game is trending, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Acu- uh, the Acuna thing is going to be huge because if he can if he can contribute. Uh, 20 home runs it would be it would be a huge deal on that maybe maybe that's a lot to ask but you know people are going to start comparing him to like judge and bellinger from last year which isn't fair but i mean that's just kind of the reality of it yeah well we have our um our first four starters nailed down we got teron fulty mccarthy newcomb who all have pretty much impressed me so far this spring i mean we've had a pretty low era from those guys um mm-hmm. But what do you see happening with that fifth starter spot with Gohara out? Obviously, Whistler, Blair, and Sims just option back to AAA. Um, we're looking at yeah. Annabelle Sanchez and Scott Casimir. Not a situation you really want to be in right now. No, and you know, I, I would say I would say it is disappointing to see that none of Blair, Whistler, or Sims stepped up. Uh, I know that I know that all three of those guys aren't exactly you know as highly regarded as they once were. But you would have liked to see one of them kind of step up and secure a, a long relief spot, but yeah. none of them did. And Sims and Whistler, in particular, were just their last appearances were just horrendous. So, and and Blair Blair had an up and down up and down spring, but yeah, I mean you're looking at you're looking at a scenario where those first first few games you're not gonna you're not gonna have a fifth starter. Cat Casimir is going to be long relief, and I think he's going to step in as the fifth starter until Gohara is ready. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see about Casimir because I don't think it's. I don't think it's to the point that Bartolo Colon was. Yeah. But if he goes out there and he's, he hasn't. He 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 just hasn't looked good. He doesn't look like. He says a lot about you know I'm I'm regaining I'm regaining my form and all of this and I'm feeling stronger. But at some point that has to translate. And we're through spring now and it hasn't translated. So he's gonna get he's gonna get a chance to be the fifth starter. I'm assuming. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. It might not last long if he starts getting dinged up a little bit, in which case they'll, you know, maybe they could pull Sims or somebody up from AAA because I'm, I'm not sure when Sanchez is going to be fully ready because he was he was a true, like, people, people are trying to slot him into a specific role or anything like that, but they signed him basically as a flyer to see what he has left, and I think he's a better option for your fifth starter than Casimir is. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, I don't know when exactly he's going to be ready. So it's, it's kind of a kind of just going to try out different guys until Gohara comes back. It, assuming Gohara does come back in late April or more likely early May. And uh, speaking of injuries, Johan Camargo, of course, on the DL to start the season. Who do you see as our uh, starting third baseman? Well, it sounds like it's going to be Rio. Uh, he's, Rio's going to hold it down for. I, I think Camargo's only going to be out about six games, if that. Yeah. So, so it's not really going to be a big deal. Um, it's a good opportunity for Rio, though. Uh, they've had him playing, or he's. I was worried at the beginning of spring that he was just as an exclusive third baseman. It's going to be harder to make the roster. Now he's kind of he's able to play. He could back up Freddie at first if need be. Culberson played first the other day, 
And I think Culberson's a guy that you're going to see a lot more of, especially as the inevitable injuries happen, it's going to give Culberson a chance. And I, I think that he's going to be the team's best bench player. But, uh, yeah, it, it's good for Rio because at this point he just he just needs an opportunity to show something. And yeah. if you just continue to kind of have him down in Gwinnett, I mean, we're not making any progress here with him. So it, at some point you've got to wave the white flag and say, well, this guy's just a 4A player. Yeah, but also it, it's good even even just those five games just to get a look at him and see if he can kind of warrant a reason to keep him around. And what about left field? Who do you think? Do you think Preston Tucker has earned the spot to uh, to kind of be the place warmer there for Ronald Acuna? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it sounds it does sound like uh, it's going to be Lane Adams with Tucker and Carrera out there. So they're going to do a little combination thing depending on matchups. But I like what I've seen from Tucker. Obviously, he's not he's not a great defender, but he's looked he's looked pretty good with the bat. Uh, Lane Adams was pretty terrible for most of the spring. Yeah. He kind of got going here at the end, so he'll he and he's out of options. I mean, uh, people think you just send him down. Well, he's out of options, and they. Would like they they still like Lane. They'd like to keep him, so they're going to kind of keep him on the roster at least for now. See what they can get out of him. He, again, he has been playing better lately. I think Tucker. This is a real opportunity for Tucker, and he didn't even play in the majors last year. So this is kind of it for him as far as proving, you know, if he's anything. Kind of like it, it. Obviously, more significant than Rio because Rio's still young, but it's an opportunity for him to prove he's more than a four A player. But I mean, the reality is, is these these guys know that Acuna's coming. Yeah. So I, I, none, they're all well aware they're not going to cling like cling to these jobs. I I loved what I saw out of Dustin Peterson. I talked to him a couple of times. He was feeling really he- he was feeling healthy. He's feeling confident. Really like what I saw out of him. But the issue with that is he would he needs to get consistent at bats, especially coming back now like a year, now fully healthy. So you can't really put him in the majors and have him platooning and being a backup and whatnot. So they they made the right call sending him to Gwinnett. But if Markakis or someone went down. Uh, I think I think it'd be in their best interest to call Dustin up when there's an opening for regular time and see what he has and see if he's got any future in the organization. Yeah, he seemed to, he seemed surprised with a good bit of uh, a good bit of power this spring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, they need it. Yeah, no so, doubt. I mean, if they, could, if they could find if they could find a spot in the lineup for him, he told me he'd be willing to play some more third base. Now they they haven't discussed that at all, uh, but he said he'd be willing to do it. Uh, I, I I do think it'd be in their best interest to give him a look, but again, if you're not going to get him consistent at bats, there's no re- he's better off in Gwinnett. It's just like yep. it's just like Sims, Whistler, Blair, and the like. I mean, they're better they're better off starting starting there than. But of course, in their case, it's it's more of just these guys have kind of shown what they are. You know, that it does it doesn't look like with all the prospects coming that they're going to have much of a place here moving forward. I still think Sims. Coming into the spring, I thought Sims maybe could carve out a long-term role in the bullpen, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. Well, speaking of that that power-stricken lineup, you know you're going to need good starting pitching. You're going to need good defense, which we've kind of improved upon, and you're going to need the bullpen to be able to hold leads. What do you think about our current bullpen configuration compared to last year? It's making progress. You've got you've got a, several guys who are coming back from last year that were not terrible I, I think the key with, with this is the jim johnson's of the world are not here anymore addition by subtraction but yeah yeah you've <laughs> cut you've cut i mean you've cut dead weight so it's not like sam freeman was pretty good last year viz was pretty good and you got jose who you got jose ramirez back yep. you've signed peter moylan which i know a lot of people didn't like but you can't just <clears throat> it's better than 
use no offense to Aaron Blair or Whistler, but Moylan's better than them at this stage. And you've got to have guys that you can at least somewhat rely on. I mean, you can't just run out a team of 20 year olds, like what a lot of people have been saying. So, so Peter Moylan's there. Hopefully he can, again, he how many get he, he appeared in like 79 last yeah. year or something. I mean, that's Crazy. a lot. So we'll, so we'll see what happens there. I think mentor mentor has been dominant all spring. I don't think he's given up a run. I do. I do feel like he's going to take over the closer role at some point. Um, it's hard to say when, but I think maybe by midseason. If if they're if they're kind of losing ground at wild card, I expect them to probably shop Viz to see what they, see if they could get anything there. I think that they were considering that last season when he was hurt. Um, but Mentor's just—I mean, he—he he just looks phenomenal, man. As far as he—he's he, only walked, I think, one guy all spring. He's got like wow. nine or ten Ks. Last he did appear the other day. I forgot what his what his line was, but uh, I, I think you're looking at a guy who's who's going to be just a dynamite closer, and you'll see that mm, maybe July or July or August, I would think. So you got you got Vizcaino, Mentor, Freeman, Moylan, Ramirez, Winkler, and a couple setup guys that haven't been or long relief guys who haven't been named yet. Obviously, it's not going to be Whistler, Blair, or Sims. You could mm-hmm. put Casimir down for one of those. Who else do you put down as a as a long um, reliever? Well, I, I didn't. I really didn't think that he was going to make it initially, but a guy like Shane Carl might sneak on at least just okay. the opening day roster. Um, it depends on Anibal Sanchez, really, because they they'll probably want to start Anibal and Gwinnett just to get him stretched out a little bit more, and then he'll take Carl's spot. Uh, it's not really that Carl has – and you've also got Chase Whitley, who had staph infection. but you, So Whitley and, and Carl are in there. Um, but Carl, it's not like Carl has done anything to really secure his spot. It's more he didn't implode. So he can just kind of stick around for a little while. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into the opening day bullpen because within a within a couple of weeks I would expect to see two or three changes there. Yeah. So I would just kind of let that be whatever it is, and then give it time to materialize. For sure. Uh, what do you What do you expect uh, this season from guys like you know Dansby Swanson to an extent, Mike Fultonevich? who struggled at times last year, the spotlight's going to be taken off of them, placed on guys like Ronald Acuna. Do you think that could help them, could benefit them? Yeah, I think it would help Dansby a lot, uh, just having the attention off of him. I mean, as marketable as he is, I think that it was a little bit overboard, obviously. And it's it's hard to say it got into his head because we're not in his head. Yeah. Uh, but just kind of talking with him. I, I think the best thing for him was being sent to AAA. I went over there to talk with him when he got sent down, and he was just talking about how peaceful it was and how you know things were slower here, and it allowed him to recollect a little bit. And uh, I think that was good for him. And I if, think the results showed after he after he was yeah yeah yeah. I, I think, and, and keep in mind, if Camargo doesn't get hurt, he he's down there a lot longer. Yeah. You know, I mean, he 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 came up because because they were desperate. So it was an emergency situation. So we'll see what really happens with him this year. Nothing really stood out uh, as far as spring. I didn't get to see him play that much because he didn't play in a lot of the games that I that I was at. Um, he did have a, he did have a triple in the last game I covered, so that was good. But yeah, we'll just have to see what happens with him. Uh, it, I think I think a lot of it's going to be mental uh, with Dansby. Same thing for Fulty. This is really to me 
I guess you could argue this for Dansby too, but Dansby's still relatively ripe. Um, but this is kind of a make or break year for Fulty in several ways. Cause when you've got Soroka's going to be in your rotation by next year, I would assume. Uh, they'll have money to spend if they want to go out and sign a guy or if they want to trade for a guy who's, you know, getting paid a good bit or whatever. I think for Fulte, needs to show that he has a reason to stay in this rotation. Because potential, I, I, I talk about potential is a dangerous word, man. And we can only kind of talk about Fulte living up to his potential for so long. And he did. He did for a span last year. And he looked no. good. But then it, it just fell apart. Um and then he was shut down and missed his last like two or three starts. So for him, it's just going to be about making progress and showing it's not the same kind of good and bad, erratic, inconsistent. Because if, if you get that again, uh, then eventually he's going to be passed. And I say the same, like even Julio, at least Julio has proven that he can throw 200 innings. And they need that right now um, with the McCarthy health issue, the young guys. You've, you've got to have somebody proven that can throw the innings. Fulte hasn't really proven that he can carry that big of a load yet because he wore down so much last year. So for him, it's just about any – if it's improved performance, if it's if it's improved stamina, whatever. He just kind of – to me, he needs to show a little bit more to stay in their plans moving forward. Yep. And uh, you mentioned you mentioned Mike Soroka. Uh, looking at the farm system and being able to be around some of these guys in spring training, who are some guys you think – in addition to Soroka, we should keep a close eye on this year. You think are definitely going to be knocking on the door toward the end of the season? Well, uh, just on the Soroka point, I, I think that he definitely could have been in the rotation now and done well. Um, I, I think he'd be one of their – I think there's an argument he could be one of the three best pitchers on the team right now. I mean, he's awesome. He's really good. He's got He's got his head on straight. Uh, he's got the makeup. He doesn't have he doesn't have the velocity. Uh, he's not going to be a, he's not going to be a Verlander. Um, he's not going to overpower you, but he's really smart. He's a gamer. Um, he's definitely a guy that I would see as his floor. His floor to me would be like a solid number two. I'm not sure that he's going to be an ace. Uh, and and people you can debate what an ace even is, but he I think he's he's a front line he's a front line arm, and you could see him up in September or maybe sooner. If you have a couple of injuries or if a guy gets traded, you might see him up before then. So do, do keep an eye on him. I mentioned Dustin Peterson. I would keep an eye on him too because I think I think he'll be heard from at some point. Um, and, and you might look at him and say, you know, Marcus, he's got this one year left. We we need to look we need to look at our outfield situation. And uh, Pache's not going to be ready yet, which he's another one who who looks fan. He's a lot bigger than I thought he was in person. Um, he's looked really good, but you're not going to see him for a while. So you need to take a look at Dustin and see if there's anything there moving forward, because especially with the third base situation that everyone's kind of talking about Machado and Donaldson, which I wouldn't rule out them bidding at least for Donaldson, but, um, you've got to look at that. You've got to say, you know, what do we have in Rio? What do we have in Camargo? And even Austin Riley, uh, I'm not sure that you're going to see him this year. I would say you probably aren't. But that's the guy I would really watch in AAA, not necessarily because he's the most talented, but because he's a big, big part in their plans moving forward. So if you're seeing a guy who has some red flags or a guy who's not really progressing, then 
then all of a sudden you could really start talking about this Donaldson thing or, you know, name whatever third baseman you prefer that you'd like him to go after. I think it's going to be worth talking about. But if Riley starts to make strides, I mean, they're going to be less inclined to overpay or give too many years to a guy like Donaldson or compete against some of the big market teams for a guy like Machado or whatever. So um, other guys to watch in in the minors. I mean, I would just say all the pitchers. I, mean, I don't really want to single out anybody. It's a big um, wave, kind of, for sure. Yeah, I know that's kind of kind of the kind of the lazy answer, but yeah, just keep an eye on all these guys because the reality is is they're not all going to work out, yeah. and we're we're at the point where some of them are going to start kind of revealing their true colors, and I mean that as in you know a guy that you thought might be maybe you think Allard's going to be a front line guy, he gets to AAA and you start to figure out uh, this guy's more and and I'm, I just use that as an example. Allard might turn out to be their their best prospect. But all, I mean, all the pitchers are, are definitely going to be worth keeping an eye on. And immediate immediate help in AAA right now. I would just, as far as the lineup goes, I would just say Peterson and Acuna would be the top. Would be those guys. It's it's all about pitching uh, at the high end of this system right now. Well, do you see with the new front office? Do you see them rushing guys as quickly as we saw last year under Capalola? No, no, no. They're 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 not. They're they're going to be much more patient because. No. And, that, and they've got time to be patient. Like, you have to understand, Coppolella was under a lot of pressure. Um, it was it was time to start seeing, you know, start seeing some progress out of this rebuild. It was time to start seeing some guys emerge in that first wave with Blair and Whistler. That flamed out. Um, Acuna wasn't a copy guy. Camargo's not a copy guy. And Albies isn't a copy guy. <clears throat> so... You were starting to need to see this team. I think if Copy was still here, you would have seen a much more aggressive offseason. Yeah. Not not like the Angels going out and doing 50 different things, but you would you would have seen them maybe make a play for a guy like Chris Archer or you know, maybe they would have been more inclined to try to get a guy like Yelich. <clears throat> but you- with Alex, it's it's just different because they're it's year one, so they can actually – I mean, fans want to look at this like a rebuild in its totality, but what it actually is is you've got to say this is basically year one of a new regime. So there's no reason for Alex to really rush these guys up because he hadn't seen Acuna play when he got here. He said, I'm going off of what other people t- – I mean, he's seen video and whatnot, but he hadn't actually seen him play. So there's a lot of these guys he's going to want to see himself and kind of make his own determination, his own, listen to his own people's opinions about it. So there's not there's not really any reason to rush these guys up and you know show the fans that this this is what we've got here. It's more of just okay, let's see how things kind of come together, and then next winter we can address what didn't come together. Yeah, and and Coppola, I think toward the end there felt a sense that that these guys had to start panning out because he made these deals, um, whereas Anthopolis coming in didn't make any of these deals. He doesn't really feel obligated to you know see these guys perform. Yeah, I mean that's and that's that's part of it. I mean, Alex walked into an ideal situation. Well, I, I shouldn't say ideal after the penalties, yeah. <laughs> but he, he walked into he walked into a good situation in that he's taking a team that's already through the worst years of a rebuild and is about to transition into a contender. And I think I think that's the hardest part of the whole process. It's not well, we're saving our money and we're getting prospects. It's determining who actually is going to make the biggest contributions and what moves need to be made. That's the hardest part. I mean, you can brag all you want about your farm system rankings, but at some point that has to mean something. Yeah. But I think it helps 
from a Braves perspective that they've got a new guy in who has no ties to any prospects. And this isn't, this isn't a knock on copy or anybody else. It would be that way for any team. You bring a guy in who doesn't really have ties to the players in place. And it kind of gives you a new perspective. And I think it'll help the Braves to have a new perspective because they've got to figure out, you don't want the, a lot of the pitching prospects they have now to turn into another Whistler or Blair. If you're seeing something that you don't really like in one of these guys, um, Max Freed, for example, if you decide that you just don't really feel that he's going to be part of the plans moving forward, he's still got good value in trade. And again, I'm not, again, just using Max Freed's name. But you've got to determine, and maybe if you drafted Max Freed or if you acquired Max Freed in a trade, you would be less inclined to do that because you believe in him. But Alex can kind of look at this neutral perspective, and I think that's that's going to help a lot determining – because there's going to be there's going to be a big trade or two. You're going to have to cash in some of these guys at some point. And I think picking those it's going to give Alex a little bit of an advantage over what the previous regime had. Well, one more question, and I will let you go. Um, but if mm-hmm. you could uh, really quick put a number on this Braves team and over under on number of wins, what would you say as of this point? Where do you think the Braves stand at the end of the season? Well, I want to say the Vegas over under seventy four and a half. I might be wrong, but I thought that's what I saw, and I feel like that's low. Um, but Vegas Vegas might know better than I do. I do feel like you're going to end up around 78. Yeah. Um, when when I when I say 78, there's a lot of leeway there because a lot of question because, marks. Yeah, yeah, and I think this could swing. It's not like the Dodgers where you're debating are they going to win 93 games or 98 games, you know. Yeah. Um, Whatever it is, you win the division. I, I think here it's – I say 78, um, you get a couple of breaks, you hit 81, you know, you get – or 80, you get a lot of breaks, you hit, you know, 82 or 83. Maybe you have some bad luck with injuries or maybe Gohara just doesn't really find his footing. <clears throat> Newcomb struggles, uh, McCarthy's hurt. You end up with 75 wins, 74 wins, you know. Yeah, I think I think we can all agree it's better than last year's team. So you're going over 72, but I wouldn't say anything over. And 82 to me, you have a lot go right. Um, if you had 80, if you if the season ends with 82 wins, fans should be excited. Yeah. Uh, so I know that's 10 wins, and that's that's a pretty big scale to go off of. So I'm going to say probably 77 or 78. Um, but again, there's there's a lot of room. I mean, it's one of those things. We even a month from now we won't really have a good idea because they're first the, the opening few weeks of their schedule is brutal. I mean, they, yeah. they've got, they've got some tough games in there and then the thing lightens up. So you might see them get off to a really bad start and then kind of, you know, fix kind of look a little bit better against some of the worst teams. You assume Miami's going to be awful. And then you've got a, uh, Philadelphia, who I don't think they're going to lose to almost every time they play them again. So, you know, things kind of even out. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. But around that range, sounds, sounds right. Well, Gabe, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, sure thing, and, man. Anytime. And tell them where they can follow you for more. Oh, um, my Twitter is at Gabe Burns, A-J-C, G-A-B-E-B-U-R-N-S, A-J-C. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate your insight. Thanks for coming on, and I uh, hope you can come back again soon. Yeah, sure thing, man. Thanks for having me. And that will just about do it for this week's edition of the Pennant Pod, the official podcast of PeachtreePennant.com. 
This week's show, of course, an exclusive Braves preview looking ahead to the 2018 season. Next week, we'll be back to more of a normal format covering Georgia high school, college, and minor league action in addition to Braves coverage as well. And hopefully have some good news to report to you next week from opening weekend. A lot of great opening weekend coverage coming up on the site. Some of it already there. So make sure you check us out, peachtreepennant.com. Stay up to date with us on the site and on Twitter at Peach Pennant as we cover everything opening day and opening weekend Atlanta Braves baseball as well as some great uh, college coverage coming up this week as well with some uh, great conference games across the state as well. So thank you very much for joining us here on this week's edition of the Pennant Pod. Again, special thank you to Gabe Burns, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, for joining us and helping us preview the 2018 season. And we will see you back here next week. Have a good one.